Welcome to West of the Midwest, a podcast where this brother and sister share our experiences in life and how we grow along the way. Join us as we dive into the mind-blowing differences between the Pacific Northwest and Midwest cultures, people, health, politics, and more. No topic is off limits here. So sit back and relax as we hit the road. Vroom, vroom. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We're very new at podcasting here at West of the Midwest, as I'm sure you can tell. I want to jump in before this episode and give you a heads up. This is one of our earlier episodes that includes various references that may or may not make sense chronologically as we release some of the initial episodes a bit out of order. I'm working through a lot of the technical aspects of recording and editing. Please be patient. I promise it gets better with the upcoming episodes as we improve our tools and abilities. We hope you really enjoy the show. How was your week? My week, um, my high for the week was my wife's birthday. Awesome. What did you guys do? So she had uh, some people over. We did a barbecue and smoked some sausages. Mm, Very Wisconsin. That was delicious. (laughs) And uh, we had, well, I guess if it's Wisconsin, it's a cookout. So we had a cookout. Mm-hmm. Not a barbecue. But they do have barbecues here. We had a cookout. So people brought food. Nice. Um, so yeah, yesterday, that was good. I woke up super early, like, oh, I don't know, you know, soups early, like 6 o'clock in the morning. And then I went to Starbucks and got her favorite drink and her favorite uh, breakfast sandwich that she usually likes to drink. She likes Huh? <laughs> Drink and eat, you smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we we spent the last few days getting the yard ready with the weather being nice. So went to Costco, Home Depot, some plant stores, got done, bunch of the back patio, and then um, Cinco de Mayo, we went out. I wasn't drinking, so it was just water for me. But Josh had a good time, and the bars were packed. Uh, so we ran into quite a, a few people that we knew, which was fun. And then um, your husband took the took the brunt of the tequila attack. Then he did because <laughs> I am limiting things. And then uh, we went and played some miniature golf with some friends. So thing miniature golf, well. Back in Washington, we called it putt-putt. Putt-putt? Yeah. And so we try and find a course at least once a month that we can do indoor or outdoor. It's kind of become our thing. And now we're getting all of our friends into it. So that's kind of uh, my highlight of the week. My low, uh, I think these allergies, still learning and adjusting to what triggers me here. <laughs> <laughs> What about you? Um, let's see. My low for the week. Um, we. I'm just having some struggles with my middle kid. And my low would be when he decides that it's in his best interest to um, hurt the rest of the family in ways like taking things that aren't his and lying about it and so that's kind of been my big low right now is just working through those things with him and not just how hurtful it is for like as a parent, but how hurtful mm-hmm. it is for his own siblings, you know, who aren't even in control of any of that yeah, or have any, you know, necessarily any wisdom in that area. So yeah, that's, it's always a challenge, but we'll work through it. I'm optimistic. Good. I'm excited for Mother's Day weekend. Yeah, me too. What are you going to be smoking? Uh, let's see. Probably whatever my wife wants me to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I have the brisket in me. Too much Just work? for the length of smoke. Just how... 
late at night it would have to start and how like it'd go through the night. I don't know. Depends on how I feel, I guess. But with everything else going on, getting ready for hosting, probably not. Oh, <laughs> uh, what was your? Um, did you have anything you ran into this week that was like different or just like? different than what you think you would have experienced if you were in the Northwest? I think it still just comes down to like the quality of the people. Uh, Everywhere we go, it's almost like you're walking in, even in a restaurant, you're walking into family. And that's not something that you really experience unless you've spent years cultivating relationships in Seattle. So we went to a restaurant that we don't typically go to ran into one person that we knew kind of, and then it just became now we're talking to five or six different people. We spend three hours talking like you've been friends for years. And so it's just that kind of quality of conversation and intentionality behind um, conversations with people. You know, you can tell it's genuine and they want to sit there and talk with you. Um, we're still getting used to the Wisconsin goodbye. That takes about 45 minutes. So you just got to <laughs> cut out and <laughs> say, all right, this is my heart out. Otherwise you just keep talking. I <laughs> <laughs> <Our> think. <laughs> so I just remind people I'm from Seattle. I don't know how to do this. So I'm just going to leave now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's definitely funny. Cause I think when our friends will come over. They kind of will expect the Wisconsin goodbye. And so they're mm-hmm. saying it like early and maybe like trying to like start the conversation. And we're like, oh, okay, see you later. You know, and I think they might like be taken aback by it. Yeah. You know, like maybe they're like, wait, what? What's happening? Like we didn't, we were just starting that conversation. I know. Yeah. We, <laughs> we sat down after miniature with our friends and it was kind of like that, like, okay, now we're starting the of saying goodbye. And I go, okay, well, we're done and I have stuff I have to do. So I'll see you guys later. Like, oh, <laughs> okay. So that's, it's still really nice to, to have that and those things. And, you know, we talked a little bit about politics and um, there's a lot of military people more than I would have anticipated. Um, of course, we were used to that with like the Navy base and all of that back in Washington. But hearing people's opinions here on just what they see back in Seattle, um, like the new AR um, or the new law that has passed with with having ARs in Washington State uh, that Governor Inslee uh, put into motion um, and how that affects people here in the Midwest because they see that things are changing in other states and creeping closer this way. And they're, I don't want to say scared, but there's definitely some hesitation and a little bit of nervousness as to like how long until those things start to creep this way. What does that look like? You guys have walked through a lot of these things um, and changes and how did you handle it? And it just seems so far off, but to a lot of people here, but also at the same time, they're very aware that they this way in the next two years. And it's, it's a big awakening for them where for us, we're like, yeah, that's, that was our everyday life where our liberties and freedoms were challenged. You have more rights as a drug addict or somebody struggling with, addiction and homelessness than you do as a taxpaying working citizen. So that oh yeah conversation a, we had this week. And someone that's undocumented, right, in the state that could claim so much more help and assistance from every avenue. Yeah, it's just it's such a different culture, but it's it's not that far away, right? It's only a few hours like a couple day drive it's really not mm-hmm. crazy but it's you bring up a good point though like 
when you're looking at a group of people in the Midwest in general who believe in, you know, liberty, right? They believe in really the family, the ability to hunt, the ability to, you know, farmers self-sustain, you know, Mm -hmm. and they want to keep those liberties and they're concerned with, you know, kind of how the outside world in certain parts of the Midwest are starting to really grow. And I say outside in the sense that's just not something that's very prevalent in this state is the the overall grab of those Mm -hmm. liberties where I just remember that was the normal. I mean, that was the everyday. What do you mean when our liberties aren't being challenged? Is this a, is this Christmas, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And, and for us, if this feels like a fresh air from where we came from, but here people are saying, well, in the last five years, things have changed and, and we're still like, well, this, this is so easy and you still have the option to live a certain way compared to where we came from. And, you know, I don't want to lose sight of that, but I also don't want to walk in this place of exhaustion because I'm around every corner. You're either a racist or homophobic or transphobic or um, too conservative because you believe that you should have the right to bear arms. So now you're a Trump supporter because of that. And now because you're a Trump supporter, you're a racist. All because you said, I believe I should have the right to defend myself if somebody breaks into my house. That's what I don't miss. Well, and from the contractor side, so I was a contractor for 20 years in Washington State. And, um, we knew that anything we came up against when we dealt with like the state business side, mm-hmm. that that state business side, we had taxpayer dollars funding massive amounts of legal fees of our own government overreaching and causing large problems with, you know, say a contractor that they didn't, they didn't agree with or didn't like, well, it was easier for them to just throw lawyers at a problem and mm-hmm. essentially make the problem go away because they had so much money behind what they were doing that people, I mean, not just contractors, just anybody that deals with the state is essentially going, well, if I don't have 20 lawyers, what chance do I have to defend my own rights? Like if they're going to be able to throw so much resource behind, behind taking your rights away, right. Mm -hmm. Or, Or infringing upon them in some way normal you know family that's got you know both of them are working maybe they're both you know maybe they're both making 60 grand a year you know so 120 for the family you know not doing great but like better than most Mm -hmm. what chance would they have against a state entity that's just built completely for itself regardless of what your as a citizen what what they should be protecting uh, um, in your rights. So I, yeah, I really don't miss that part of it <laughs> at all. That's, you know, something I'm like very grateful that I'm not raising my children in, in the environment right now. And I feel like I actually got a newsletter from my town the other day and I'd like, what town newsletter? Okay. And I read through it. It was actually the, the most valuable government piece of paper I have ever read. I told my wife that when I read it, I was like, Oh my gosh, this, all of this in here was helpful to me. Like as a citizen of this space in this small, small piece of Wisconsin, right? Like a very small town. Yeah. But it had stuff like, okay, like updates with your garbage pickup. Hey, we're going to do like extra garbage pickup on these days. or We're going to do, like coming up Tuesday is chipping day. So they were like, we're going to chip your stuff if you lay it out by okay, the street. Okay, I have to say that is one of my most favorite things. To the chipping? Yeah. Yeah. Like the the village or the, the town or the city, wherever you're at, 
you you lay it out they come pick it up then you go to your center after it's done they send out another letter they give you a date and say okay now you can come pick up wood chips for free for your gardens yeah it's that yeah it's just that stuff i was reading through and i was like huh that's really useful and then i kept reading there was this complaint i had which was the utilities that they bill you for once a quarter Mm-hmm. there was no uh, option to auto pay. They just sent you a bill and they were like, here you go. And nothing on the bill said, Hey, this is how you do auto pay. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even, it didn't even look like an option. Right. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to set it up with my bank. have to log in every three months, go into the bank, send a check. Hope to God I got the piece of mail that my kids brought in from the street. Like <laughs> hopefully yeah. they didn't like accidentally drop it in the snow and have it get destroyed on, you know, like, so clip out thing inside this newsletter that let me set up auto pay and I was like wow that was the most useful little newsletter I've ever had <laughs> like, <laughs> only took you know 39 and a half years to <laughs> get yep. something useful out of the government <laughs> there <laughs> uh, oh good I'm glad that you're you're finding benefit for a lot of those, I mean, to people here, it seems like such a small thing, but when you don't have, I don't even care if you're in a multi-million dollar home, HOA, whatever, like you're not getting that kind of service in Washington state. No, no way. Most of the HOAs are run by, and nothing against the people, like it's it, the standard setup is literally like the, um, probably the overworked like PTA mom, the overworked teacher that has no time to even be a part of it, but no one else will work in it. Right. And and enjoy Mm -hmm. it. And then it's like one retired, like old guy or gal, like usually kind of older and grumpy. And then if you're lucky, you have someone in business that's like involved. Right. If you're lucky, usually not. In the better run HOAs, you've got the, lawyer and the doctor and the everybody you need the bookkeeper the finance you know the the really well-to-do hoas themselves Mm -hmm. can can be fairly well run just because the people are better equipped i would say not just with knowledge but they do tend to make a bit more money right so money at that level plays a huge factor and then the hoas themselves just from being forced into one um some are better. Some are like, hey, we're going to offer all you, all of you these great benefits, like brand new roofs. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to take care of your lawns and we're going to do your irrigation. And we're going to make it right. You know, and yeah, you, you do pay a bit for more for that. But I've seen ones where you pay a lot and you get nothing. Yeah. The overreach and the misrepresentation and the, the overspend is is bad and these are private citizens right this isn't you're not talking government you're talking Mm -hmm. your neighbors your literal neighbors who you're like i don't want to fight with sally down the street she's on the board and (laughs) (laughs) thank god i don't live in an hoa (laughs) yep (laughs) so i've never lived in an hoa i don't think we ever will i i love the freedom to not have those regulations we are very lucky that the neighbors we do have keep their homes and yards very neat and tidy. I think there are pluses and minuses to having HOAs, but it just depends on kind of where you land and, you know, the type of people in your area and what they value. But um, speaking of land, um, talking to some friends back in Washington and they had just said they got their house appraised, um, bought their house, a 400 square foot Rambler in Mount Lake Terrace, uh, about five years ago, 325,000, just got it appraised at $1.2 million. Whoa. Yeah. 1,400 square feet. And now, for people who are listening from Wisconsin, houses in Washington do not have basements. Like, every house here has a basement. So, when you're saying 1,400 square feet, that's it. That's your living space. 
completely. And oh yeah, I keep not... forgetting. Like most people only count like they're upstairs, and then yeah. if their basement isn't finished, they don't even count it. Yeah. I didn't realize that because I have a block out basement and it's totally fitty. But so yeah, typically in Wisconsin, when you talk fourteen hundred, they typically would see another eight to fourteen hundred square feet in their yeah. mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of, of possible livable space or something you can do for like an office or a bar or Don't whatever, worry. but okay. $1.2 million. And for those who don't know, okay, Seattle, you go just 20 minutes north of Seattle is Mount Lake Terrace. And it is not like, it, it's not a desirable space. I would say you wouldn't go, man, I can't wait to move to Mount Lake Terrace someday when no. you're a kid growing up. <laughs> yeah, so it's not a it's not a bad place, but it's not a place that you're you're thinking this is where I want to, you know, put my roots down. And so it it just really got me thinking like I know prices have gone up here, but Seattle literally is forcing people out simply by the cost of living. Right. Yeah, the gentrification of the areas to cause on purpose the need for people to move because they can no longer afford the Mm -hmm. tax burden upon them and the cost of living around them yeah that's why i'm trying to get jeff out here i'm like hey i know that you and mom bought this house together um you could sell this house and buy one out right here any of the extra money from those funds could go towards your yearly taxes for the rest of your life and you'd still have money left over. Right. And you'd get such a better quality of life, right? Mm-hmm. But That's people they... don't know that till they till they come here. And and he'll be here in July, so that'll be you know, I think that'll be good. I, I talked to him on the phone today and uh, I told him, you know, about miniature golf because whenever um, one thing I, I felt really blessed about is um, Josh and I had the opportunity to take quite a few trips with mom and him. Um, and anytime we would go somewhere, Josh and him would play miniature golf. And so now I'm like, okay, there's miniature golf. You can come out for that. Brian and Shelby have, you know, really large property. They're growing some fruit trees and watch the birds with Shelby like you know selling it up but until you've been here you can only imagine so much (laughs) so I'm pretty excited about that well so taking that a step further like what advice would you give to him like for even considering like the move like if he were to say okay yeah maybe like what does that level of advice look like I think kind of similar to what you guys did, really coming out here, taking a look at the land. Now, you guys came out, you know, dead and dark and frozen. Um, but coming out, just meeting the people alone, I think, is the biggest seller. And then you just break it down backwards. Like, what is your what is your goal? He's later in life, obviously. Like, we're still raising our kids. Um, and now, unfortunately, it's just him. Um, you know, how does he want to continue uh, the Mm -hmm. time that he does have? And for him, that is building a relationship with his kids and grandkids. And so I think if that's his focus, then coming out here to visit and then see what opportunities are available to him after retirement, which is less than five years away, is, is a great start. Yeah, And we talked about it before, like I, I jump the gun and I just say, well, just make the decision to do it and then you'll do it. And you're more of a planner, but there are times that you will jump into things. But now that we've both done it, we could see and say, okay, we, we know for sure he would not sell his house on the road like you guys did. <laughs> um, he would have to have everything planned out, okay? Like, he's very atypical. <laughs> if we went yeah, into a little bit of allusion to his process he really has to have like all the things figured out before making the action oh my gosh 
in yeah. in that sense because he he really like can't handle anything outside of that very narrow lane. So yeah, to move across the country and sell while you're moving, no, impossible for him. <laughs> yeah, and and we talked about it a bit this week um, when he was you know struggling with DocuSign. Okay, and what that means for his generation specifically, and you kind of had said like, oh yeah, they got left behind. We were the generation that the the computer happened, the cell phones happened. And even now I'm having to ask my son, hey, what is this? Or can you help me with that feeling like I'm starting to get left behind? I can't imagine going from just a landline to now there's apps where you can convert something to a PDF where you can sign a legal document from your phone. And he's like, what the hell is this shit? So yeah, selling a house on the road for him, it, that's going to be a no. Well, and this <laughs> is a guy that still gets the Herald newspaper delivered to his house and that's how he's getting his news. Okay, so. I got a text message picture <laughs> from him. <laughs> That says Jay Inslee announces he won't be rerunning his term. And I said, Thanks, Dad. That's like five days old. I got that news online. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you got it in the paper today. Oh, man. So, and I felt bad saying it because then he goes, Well, I just thought I'd let you know this is good news for us. And I'm like, we're already on next. <laughs> Not because I want to, okay? I like old school mentality. I would prefer uh, written news and good journalism that is not biased, or even if it is, they can share their bias. I I don't necessarily love this high-tech world that we're living in, but I'm forced to adapt one, because I'm a business owner, and two, because that is how people function in society. Aren't we all? But I do see that the generation before us does not deal with the social anxiety and stressors that we have with all of this high-tech social media stuff. Like, they're not needing to take any fasts or breaks from social media. What happened to the phone call that you would call and leave a voice message or a text or whatever and get a 24-hour response time to that reach out and have it be okay? Like people have in the past had that as part of culture and that was very understood and very respected. Mm -hmm. I want that back. I think I just don't care if people have an opinion about that because I will get back to you when I can. I do think that the overload of messages is what causes some sense of overwhelming angst that then it, people will just completely shut down. But if you have balance, you don't need to constantly take these fasts from your phone or breaks from your phone and then you can do your one or two day phone call return or text message return. There is this need to respond within seconds or get a response within seconds. And that is exhausting. Well, especially in a, in a work environment, right? Like where you have industries around you that have an expectation that, Hey, I sent that. And it's, you know, it's been 22 hours where going on and within 24 they are overly stressed and you're like wow what happened to the days where like we could do our job and just you know not have to go so crazy above and beyond you know to to get back to people right away i'm not saying don't get back to people don't get me wrong i i totally think that you should get back to the people that are you know reaching out right because like that's that that human interaction that's so precious and to even mm -hmm. take the time when you're getting back to them to take time to respond and and when you're talking to them think 
about what they're saying while they're saying it, not necessarily that response like after the fact where you're trying to think about what you're going to say, like really just spending. That's one big thing with Wisconsin. They, as a culture, completely want to have that as a part of their life. Like they they talk slower here. They walk slower here. Oh, Lord. They walk slow. I love it. I love it, except for like when I was back in Washington and then I had here and I have to reacclimate because I notice now like I'm really like zooming in and out of people like traffic in the grocery store or, you know, walking down the sidewalk. And I'm like, why, Mm -hmm. why do I feel like I'm in a hurry? Where am I in a hurry to? Oh, nowhere. I can relax. That's so different here. Like, I love it. Shelby. We'll be out walking and whatever we're doing, she is like speed walking girl, right? Because that's just how we were raised. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, babe, what's going on? And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, where are you trying to go? Like, we're on, where are you? This is just out on a date or whatever. Like, we're not <laughs> in a rush to get anywhere. And she's just boom, boom, boom. And so I'm constantly like reminding myself, hey, it's okay to take the time it takes. Like, you don't have to speed everywhere. I never had that mentality before Wisconsin, like just wasn't even an option. What do you mean? (laughs) Yeah. Go, 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 you know, and it's, it's been such a breath of fresh air. I think some of that is being a mom too, because, you know, she's balancing so many different things all the time. And if you slow down or take a break, it feels like all the balls drop. And sometimes you're so exhausted, you're just willing to let them all drop. And then you have to go and pick them all back up again and put them back in order. When if we could just learn Mm. to slow the whole cycle down, everything would still move in a forward motion. It would just be less chaotic and less stressful. And that, that is just, I can't speak for, for uh, men. I can only speak being a female, but there are times where that's what I call like the flow state of life, not just in a creative way, but when you can all together slow everything down, it's still in a perpetuating forward motion as opposed to completely running around chaotic and now you just drop everything and you can't enjoy, you're not present and you're just depleted. So I think that, you know, for guys, it does tend to come easier, at least for Josh. He's like, yeah, I don't have that problem. Whatever it is you're saying right now, that's... I don't even think about that. If we're going for a walk, I'm going for a walk. If we're on a date, I'm on a date. I'm not thinking about anything else. (laughs) (laughs) I wish that I could do that. I had similar to your um, description of always got to go. Don't let them drop. Go, go, go. Like when I had businesses, when I owned businesses that I had, you know, clientele and I had, um, employees counting on me and things like that like it didn't I never felt like I could like Mm -hmm. I never got to a point where it was okay right everything was gonna just be okay because it just wasn't the reality and here I have I have a great job I work for an awesome company I you know on our we're in a different stage of life where we don't have like the really, really young kids all at once. So it's not Mm -hmm. permanent chaos every minute of every day. So we're getting to a point now where like, wow, this is really nice to like really just be able to be and go to, you know, like a kid's football game or go to choir, right. And go see the kids events. That just wasn't a reality before. And I get what you're saying. Yeah, that whole like, don't stop because if you stopped, it's how much more work is that to pick it all back up? Like, as as humans though, we can only go so long. You know, eventually we, if if we burn the candle too long at both ends, it literally runs out, right? Yeah. So speaking, we'll we'll sidetrack here, and and you're gonna laugh at this, okay? So you're talking about kids in the house. Uh, you know, our son, he's, he's going to be 16 in July. Now I've heard this term for the last couple of years, girls in high school saying they like a dad bod. They like their boys having a dad bod. Okay. <laughs> got it. I understand what that is. I totally get it. Now I get a call from my son 
today and he FaceTimes me and he's like, mom, let me just tell you, I shaved. I put on a real fit shirt. I'm wearing my dad hat with my sweat shorts. I got my dad thing going on and I'm, I'm just betting that some older lady is going to want to take me out. <laughs> I said, I said, excuse me. He's like, you know, them cougars. <laughs> I said, I, I don't know. No, I don't want to know. And he's like, mom. And he's like touching his chin, you know, he's like, yeah, I got it going on right now. And he's like, them, those ladies, a couple years older, that's where it's at. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to need you to get off the phone. <laughs> and he just thinks this is like so acceptable. Never in my freaking life would I be saying this shit to either of my parents in high school? Am I glad that he communicates this way with me? Yes. Where is the line, though? Like, where is it? Because I, I can't find it, and I just need to know. Oh my so when you're talking about going to choir things, I wish that was my life right now. <laughs> Instead, I have an almost 16-year-old trying to pick up a 30-year-old. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Good times. This is literally the end of my life right now. Oh. So that's it. I and, was and, told and... that my 15-year-old daughter had to get new clothes to come see her dad. That's That's what I found out. <laughs> when I got back from the the memorial service. Oh, really? Yep. But what, she what? looked at her mom and was like, I don't know what to wear. Why? Because I can't wear any of these clothes. I'm going to go see my dad. It's just Where's a different her? time. It's a different time when a 17-year-old is trying to have a dad bod. It's a different time when, you know, your son says, always like some thick um, a little meat on the bones is better. And I'm like, what is happening? He's like, mom, back in the day, Marilyn Monroe, she was the image of beauty then. She wasn't a size two. So why do these girls try to be a size two? But also I don't have a problem with size two because if I say that, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm just saying my preference is thick with two C's. And I'm like, stop talking. I don't want to know your preference. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> oh isn't that so you're like go talk to your dad i'm like what does the lord say about this he's like well the lord gave me eyeballs so i'm like wow (laughs) so i don't know i appreciate beauty in all forms (laughs) yes yeah so i don't know how many you know listeners we have that teenagers right now but I, I want to tell you that my heart goes out to you. I hear well, you. We feel I see for you. We <laughs> mm-hmm. feel drinking, for you. We will pray for you. you. Yep. If you ask for prayer, we will for sure make sure that happens. You're going to need it. And it doesn't matter if you put everything, every setting you can, computer, phone, whatever, advertisements are popping up with these things. And so that's been a big conversation in our house lately. Oh, yeah. Like where my shows husband's like, with mature ratings yeah. mm-hmm. that come out with actual porn. And you're like, that was porn. That wasn't like a show. What? what? Why? Yeah. There's this new streaming uh, platform or newer to me called Crunchyroll or Crunchyroll or something. And it has anime and other shows, but it does not give you a rating of what the show is like pg you know y7 14 so you and then when you look at the description it just gives you like a vague plot so you don't even know you're watching porn until until it's too late and the way it's advertised is like this is all for kids oh geez so you think it's like a kid's anime show and the first few minutes is okay and then it turns into not. So they rope the kids in. It's a grooming thing, yeah. Oh. Well, and that's is, a whole other thing, right? Like yeah. not just like adults 
and their decision to either partake or not in watching that form of um, media, but then the minors being tricked into it is a whole other level. That's a whole mm-hmm. whole bigger topic, right? Like a probably more um, detrimental than than um, you know adults who have fully formed frontal lobes and can make decisions for themselves. These kids are so so just imprintable right like they're so ready to be taught they're sponges of desire to please you know yeah and it's it's not i mean yes the spiritual aspect of it is a huge portion but you look at you know what what those things do it will spike the dopamine and serotonin and when that happens just like drugs or alcohol or even working out when you get into a good workout routine you want to keep going because it makes you feel good. It's the same thing when you're watching those things. That's why it becomes so, like, I mean, the spectrum so wide because you you just then can't get enough. And they're starting kids out at such a young age that I can't imagine kids who don't have parents that are helping them walk through what that means and taking the shame out of it because feeling ashamed of something that you've seen or something you're struggling with is only going to perpetuate a cycle of negativity, but working through that and having transparency and bringing light into that dark place is what will bring freedom in our house is like, we're going to bring light to this. This is something that maybe is uncomfortable, but you know, we have the conversations so that, it's not just sitting in this dark place hidden where you're feeling ashamed. Now it's out here and we're talking about it and we'll conquer this together. Well, cause yeah, I mean, different when we were kids, there was the internet wasn't there. No, it was magazines. Um, I mean, it was typically like found because of some older, you know, male party in your, in one of your family's homes, right? Like that's mm-hmm. typically the exposure or, you know, crazy kids at school that got a hold of their uncles and, and stole it or, or were given it or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking back to, so my first exposure to it was through, you know, kids at school, right? Like mm-hmm. after school, we, that was definitely the first exposure to it was, you know, magazine form. And then fairly quickly after that, you know, the internet became a thing and then um obviously as boys we jump on and hack our dad's password and go look again because we liked it the first time and now it's actually targeted so it's such a different yeah you had to seek it out before and now it's just i was not targeted at all i was it was through an you know an act of you know a a young child going hey look at what i found it wasn't Mm -hmm. a it wasn't a company or an entity trying to get me hooked, right? Yeah. And that's what we've got to really I'd be curious. identify with our kids. I'd be curious uh, what a family who maybe isn't, whether Christian, Catholic, whatever that looks like, you know, wanting to not dishonor your body, dishonor the people on the screen because now it's pretty well known that most of these videos are people doing this or are trafficked or coerced at some point or groomed to do this and and you're watching somebody who is in a position uh, where they really don't have a choice we believe god says about sexual purity and pornography and their view um on it just for their household and for safety purposes because they think that there are a lot of people out there who maybe don't believe in christ and can yeah the health side of it and how damaging it can be Mm -hmm. yeah well because of how much i mean there's so much more science out about it now yep studies that have been done about you know how it um affects both genders you know negatively and interesting point that you brought up where a lot of these people if they're not direct traffic they're typically in a position where they're forced right there's Mm -hmm. some sort of coercion or blackmail or some sort of slavery involved right like 
And that's being perpetrated and perpetuated by these entities, whether they're legitimate or not. Yeah. Um, by the industry as a whole. And then as the end user, that can empower someone who's consuming some of this content to go, hey, I wouldn't be too happy about that if that happened to my wife or my daughter or my sister or some, you know, someone I love. Mm-hmm. And that can really speak to them and go, I don't want to be a reason someone is, is, you know, being coerced into this. Like, because sure. that may not be something where they had ever thought about it like that. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, what? Yeah. And, and for those who just are focused on their own mental and emotional health, we can attach some links. Um, Andrew Huberman, uh, who's a scientist out of Stanford, um, pretty well known in, in every community at this point. He's, he spent so much time just talking to people. He has his own podcast, but he talks about what it does to the brain and how pornography can actually limit the brain function and at any age. Um, so we can put up some stuff that, you know, if it's, if it's something that you're struggling with and you want help um, on a faith-based level, there are some books and things that you can work through um, for just your basic mental and emotional health. There's some links that we can always put up or share um, on our Instagram that can lead people to resources for that and families too, because it is not just a one person problem. It involves and affects the family. And so I think that's important for people to know too, that, you know, um, when you're struggling with something like that or somebody that, you know, it, it's okay. Okay. For you to feel hurt by these things, but that it is, it is very hard to not feel shame around it. And so finding ways to, to work through it and have a conversation much like you would just talk about anything over dinner, it should be that much of an easy conversation in your household. And you have to start early because it is in the kid's face all the time. Yeah. Like it's better to even tackle it before because then mm-hmm. once they are at that precipice, right, that first exposure, they're going to be more inclined to be like, Hey, actually this just happened and kind of help them through that versus have them being alone and, Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I, I mean, yeah. I've got three young boys, and I mean, my oldest is definitely at that age where if he hasn't already, I'm going to be surprised if it's much longer, you know? Yeah, I was just talking to a pastor, and he's like, listen, I've gone through this with thousands of boys, Christian and not. Whatever you think or that you know your kid is working through, it's it's 100 times worse much harder for them than you will ever know because it wasn't in your face like that and so it's a it's a weekly conversation in our household and if it's not something I'm checking in with it's something Josh is doing because you know he's a guy and um, there's just areas that he can reach Titus that I cannot as his mom but it's still something I continue to bring up because I need him to know that I'm aware that it's always out there as much as he tries to not um, be enticed by it, that accountability is important, whether it was in unintentional and something popped up and he saw it, he needs to let us know or let somebody know right away, because the second you're accountable to it, the less desire you're going to have to want to go and take a second look. Chase it. Yeah. Yep. And so that's something we just talk about, you know, taking that, shame away from it and going yeah it happens as long as you have a computer as long as you have a phone the the opportunity for that to come up is very high so let's just continue that conversation so i think yeah that's important especially you have three boys it's (laughs) it's going to be a lot of conversations for you yeah oh for sure a lot of prayer Mm -hmm. for sure i mean that's where we go to battle right like battle in our prayer life and in our times of meditation and so for sure well I mean this this topic got I mean it's a heavy topic but I'm glad we talked about it because it's something that not just kids are dealing with every day but us as adults and you know wanting to stay honoring and have integrity and it's we are fighting an uphill battle when it comes to this because it goes up to government you know um and it's something that's so near to like our character, right? Like our yeah. character is 
either strengthened or diminished off of, you know, this being one of the big battlegrounds, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and that you speak to a great point there. Like, as we're doing better in our character build, if we have setbacks and we, you know, our characters diminish, like that's at a very personal level mm-hmm. that um, is, is just different. It's not like, oh, you know, I, I ate too much or, you know, oh, I, you know, well, I, and- I threw a rock at someone and hurt them. You know, it's, yeah. it's different, right? It's very much like this rock is your rock and this rock is you. Like you're literally mm-hmm. hurting yourself. Um, well, and it weakens us as a nation, whether you yeah. are christian or not if you you go back thousand years men then compared to men now men are meant to lead and be strong and be protectors and if you're caught up in that and struggling with that you are not able to protect because you're part of the cycle of uh not protecting women and kids and your own household so if we're starting this at a young age it's it's raising a nation of weak men and women and that is really the goal of the enemy in government but um you know that's why we have to stand up for our kids and that's part of it is having those conversations i think knowledge is power Mm -hmm. got it so yeah we can we can attach all that stuff on on instagram (laughs) for everybody um i know we kind of went off of a little sidetracked here but yeah, that's that's what's part of what this podcast is. We just talk about uh, things as they come up and what's relevant to today. And, um, you know, next week will be different. Hope you enjoyed the ride. Glad we didn't crash. If you have any feedback or ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you on our social media. Please leave us a review on Spotify or wherever you podcast. 